Jerk and Disorderly podcast brought to you by d- depression and anxiety. <laughs> That's rioting. everything we have right now. <laughs> brought to you by rioting. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry to be the downer, but um, this is a tough week for all of us, I think. Yeah, man. <clears throat> It's a tough week yeah. for the like for the fucking world. Yeah. Globally, this is a tough week. So I had to take Elfie to urgent care yesterday. And uh I I'm like walking her up to the door and it's like, you know, no uh you have to sit so far apart, you have to wear a mask, you can't come in with your significant other, and it's like, oh, you you people still believe in this. That's cute. <laughs> Well, like, I should have gone to this fucking urgent care last night. What happened? That fucking migraine, man. Oh, yeah. So is Elfie okay? What happened with her? Is she all right? Yeah. Um, we're, she's fine for now, I'll say. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't need details. I just want to make sure she got taken care of or, you know, at least for now. Was it um, a sex injury? <laughs> no. Nah. Like, it would, it would be, be worth the trip if it was a sex injury. So, you know, what's funny is John and I actually know a dude who broke his dick during Dude, there's a whole show. Have you not watched the show? Sex sent me to the ER? No. I I hear that story and I'm like, oh, I don't even have one. And that sounds just fucking terrible. They did a whole reality show. Like this whole like um, reenactments and shit. Like like one of the ER shows. But it's sex sent me to the ER. Yeah. One of them like the dude like. Push the chick through the wall, like head first through the wall. <laughs> yeah. We hey, Mercedes. Too. Hi, Mama. So it's really weird right now. We have I've I've I like watching the numbers, and we have four on YouTube for some reason, and Hi, one YouTube on Periscope, or two on Periscope. Hello, people at on, hey, Periscope. On Periscope. Uh, I thought to send out all my invites for Twitch. We only have hi Twitch folks. <clears throat> Facebookers, hey, watching. that's so cool. Whenever you're watching, us, at the bar, that you're that's watching cool. us, yeah, yeah, no kidding. I better start a watch party here. Damn, dude, watch us from the bar, watch us from the shower, watch us from the first blind date. <laughs> it's not going well. We will save you. Like, be like, oh shit, man, my friend just called. I gotta go pick her up. Like, <laughs> drop a number in a, in, a, in a DM. We will text you and get you out of a bad date. We will. We're here for you. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably spam you and prank call you later, too. But, I mean, it's worth it, right? That's what friends are for. Right? So, one of the funniest pranking prank calls I got to do, you know, in recent years was I'm sitting at a bar outside eating with a couple of my other friends. We see another friend of ours walking down the street with someone who looks like a child. And we had told us earlier he was on a date. Uh, thanks, Mercedes. He's on a date with a child? The kid was 19. Steve was like 35. Hey, and I so can't... for the rest of the night, we're fucking texting him. So uh, do you have to get him home before the streetlights come on? We hear they're having a sale at Pam- on Pampers at Walmart. Uh, do you have to cut up his meat for him? <laughs> it's like, you fucking Aww, bitches, stop it. So mean. It's fun. It was fun though, wasn't it? Oh, it was so fun. And he would have done the same thing so he can shut it. Josh Smith gave me shit about um, 
dates at an event. Omaha, I think it was. Yeah, it was when we were in Omaha. I, I, if I would have known you better at that point, I would have been giving you shit with the things you were telling me. <laughs> well, yeah, I, my first interaction with you was like, oh wow, okay, that was that shit wasn't planned. Omaha just, I mean, Omaha is a good weekend, but I didn't yeah, plan. Omaha knows how to party, man, and everybody here is down to do so. So you're gonna find people that are out to have a good time. We are like overdue to do something badass, cool in Omaha. So, um. Like we well, need to I want to do like a, an invitational to the like the western part of Region Six. Um, I think that would be cool. It's something that a couple other people have talked about. What do you mean an invitational? Like we're all gonna sit together and roast marshmallows? I mean, what the fuck, dude? If we're gonna do an event, if we're gonna do an event. Yeah, we need to do a fucking event, and it just needs to be whoever's going to show roasting up. Roasting marshmallow sounds fucking wonderful. We'll sing kumbaya well, sure. and we're sorry. Go ahead, Ray. <laughs> well, sure, but like, yeah, I, I don't know what an invitational is. It sounds like a, a, a golf outing. I'm inebriated. Just go with it. Oh, okay. Well, well, like yeah. it's really cool that you want to do your cute little little events. We, Dre and I, want to do like an event that counts for something. Like, like. Hardcore badass, everybody from all over the country come hang out and party with us. Event okay, well, fine. I'm gonna do my Burning Man in Omaha, and when I'm super rich and famous because of it, I don't want to hear anything from either of you. You're gonna get sued by Burning Man. You need a new name, Burning Ope. <laughs> oh. It's gonna burn right by you. So I know that one of the things that Dre and I talked about doing um, at a festival was burning the old party's symbols in effigy, um, and having a burning down the duopoly drunken campfire, which I think would bad be badass. I think our viewers would think that would be badass. Oh um, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Hey, hey. For being so Hello. active in the chat, and uh, thank you, Sans, for your kind words and. Flaming Man. Flaming Man. Flaming Man only works if we dress it like somebody's got to dress like, like, like really, really dress. Um, if we're going to call it Flaming Man, it, like somebody needs to have Hades hair, like from the Disney cartoon. That'd be cool. I'd be I mean, there's ways to do it and like have it actually be fire and, and have it be safe. I'd wear it. I know fire spinners. So if you want to do that, like. Very cool. Drag events, drag events would be cool. I love drag events. I get a, I get some like twisted pleasure from drag events. I don't. Um, look, drag is hard work. Anybody think <laughs> who thinks that um that just dressing in drag is easy? I got another thing for you. Um, drag is tough work. It's real work, and um, drag entertainers, I think a lot of times um don't get recognized for the talents that they are, and that's a shame. We have the man, we have one of the best. Um, it's one of the top 10 gay nightclubs in America here. It's called the Max. Mm -hmm. And the first drag show I ever saw was there. And this guy, whole it was just larger. Everything is just fucking huge. The hair, the dress, the dress. Oh my god. I've seen I can't tell you how long the tail on this or the trail. What do they call it? Like a wedding dress kind of the thing. The train. Train. <laughs> That thing was huge. I and got so you, Mama. Thank you. Yeah, that was. It was just so neat. It reminded me of the peaches and cream Barbie. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, thing? it was a dress like that. 
just huge. I need a dress like that in my life. Everybody needs a dress like that in their life. Absolutely. Everyone shout out by the way to Chris Powell. This is my Chris Powell for governor t-shirt. Uh, he didn't win this race, but he did win his seat for Bethany city council and is now currently the vice mayor. Um, Hey, Chris. Very nice. Congratulations. He's, he's done a pretty good job since. Uh, Worked his ass off. Yeah. Pretty awesome. We have lots of good candidates all over the country um, and in lots of elected officials all over the country. They're working their asses off. And so, you know, cheers to them. Drink to them. I went to a drag queen show here. They were amazing. Ended up drinking with the drinking with them for the rest of the night <laughs> so i believe her being from australia pissed means drunk as opposed to angry yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and i think americans should adopt that we should i like it better yeah i mean yeah yeah we should what adopt about that. the name of our show <laughs> pissed and disorderly i mean yeah i mean <laughs> that's also nine times out of ten true even if we're not intoxicated right um, we're usually pissed about something i mean we can find something to be pissed about right like police police brutality government overreach over regulation cottage food industry laws occupational licensing um taxes taxes and more taxes Restrictions on rights, the fact that the government can own a nuke and I can't. It pisses me off that recreational heroin isn't a thing. We legally. That it isn't legally a thing. That pisses me off. Um, even if it's not your bag, it's somebody's bag. Mm -hmm. um, and they, and they, they should get be to allowed choose. to have their bag. Right, man. Or, or their dime bag. Or, you know, yeah. However, they choose to spend their time. We're libertarians. When are we not pissed? Smash the state. Fuck yeah, smash the state. Burn that shit down. For sure. This is like this election cycle. We have two sexual offenders and Joe Jorgensen. And and my boy Howie. He's Seriously. He's a nice guy. He doesn't count. Look, if we get mad when they dismiss us like that, we shouldn't dismiss the Greens like that. I'm not dismissing them. I'm dismissing their shitty fucking policy. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, people say Gandhi was a nice guy too, but he slept nude with nine-year-olds. So let's qualify <laughs> that shit. Uh, let's see, I love my bag. You can too for just $9.95. Joe and Spike are the best. Joe and Spike are the best. Sex offenders or Jorgensen? Those are your choices, people. That's the reality. A liberty loving PhD who's also been teaching uh, psychology for years, been a businesswoman. Stay you support mother. freedom or you support sexual assault? You support freedom or you support misogyny? This is the reality. We're trying to give you an option other than sexual assault and misogyny. And even, so say their their policies and their principles suck too. What Let principles? They have principles. Exactly. So at least Joe Jorgensen has that behind her. And like, look, I get it. 
a lot of people that are watching who vote Republican or who vote Democrat, you've never read the platform and I don't blame you. There's something like, I don't know, 9 million pages long. They, they contradict themselves all over the place. It's all a bunch of bullshit. Our platform is super easy to read. 17 like pages. Page yeah, it'll take you no time That's at all. Um, everything's really concise. It's really it easy is. to get your head around. Um, read the platform. If you want to know where libertarians stand on anything, go to www.lp.org and read it for yourself. You don't have to so take my word I for it. it page. Right. It's so fast. You don't have to take any of our words for it. It's right there. Sexual assault and misogyny. Yeah. It does apply to Trump and Biden. That was my point. We covered Either that Jared, you go, times. It's sexual assault and misogyny, right? All right. Um, so our guest is here and we're talking about LP shit. So we might as well bring him in, right? Hell yeah. yeah let's do it. You guys are going to love this. Love our friend. Hey, Ken. Hi. So, uh, Hi. I've been pre-gaming. Dude, I like never get to talk anymore, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the last time? Uh, last night. Yesterday. No, last night. Right. Last night. Yeah. So, no, it's... Uh, it's always fun and games on the COC convention oversight committee. For those that don't know the goofy internal acronyms, we get to plan conventions and get spanked for it. Good yeah. Times. I love that. There, there are so many people that think that we do nothing, but try to obstruct. Um, I have probably, <laughs> what do we have our wise devoted to this right now? Probably, oh, who knows? Almost, we started this 30, stuff almost, two years ago. 20 How to 30, many have you had this week for this? Just the COC, not even the LNC. Official meetings, or even, or you want all the side meetings too, or we have to coordinate all of with it. each other? So how much? How many I hours? I don't know. I lost count. On average, it's twenty to thirty hours a week for two yeah. years. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, it's a lot. And of that's work. when we're not in crisis. Oh my god! Right. And you guys have had to really, really throw some stuff together here at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, we're working yeah. on. it. Yeah, it's it's been nuts. It's been I absolutely nuts. It. I, I do not appreciate the abuse that you guys have been taking online about any of it. I know you guys have been working hard and tirelessly. It's I know great. that people think yeah. the conventions, it's no big deal, right? You you find the venue, you coordinate with the hotel. <laughs> Just finding the venue, one of the things that we have to take into account is how high is the ceiling in the main room? There's a lot of minutia involved. People don't get yeah, it. it number of columns in the room is a contiguous space or is it columns um oh is it a union property uh that's a big one because how many they chairs love does the property us. possess yeah how many chairs how many tables um are they gonna let us use them for free would i would, would um, i ever do coc again after this i would do coc again after this um because this is work i'm really really good at um if you look at this convention committee that people want to throw all kinds of stones at and i get it you know we're, we're not going to stop working because of it. Um, this committee pulled off the most successful midterm convention in the history of the party because yeah. we're good at what we do. And uh, we were, we were on track to beat that. And then some stupid virus came along and I actually, I'm this much of a masochist. It, it does kind of play into my kinks. So, you know, <laughs> well, you might be, I, uh, I'm personally, I'm pretty wore out. It's crazy. I'm I tired. Mean, yeah. Is, and, and uh, just all the chaos all the way around with everything. You know, the normal pre-convention stuff's chaos anyway. Um, you've got people running for office. Um, and so, you know, thankfully, and you guys had Richard on before. Richard and I get along great. We don't fight. We don't argue. We don't throw bricks at each other. Um, you know, we, we get along well. But the other races are not necessarily like that. In fact, I'd say most of the other races are not. 
and um, except for Tim Hagen, who is apparently going to be treasurer again because nobody's. Look, if there is anybody watching who does not <laughs> like Tim Hagen, fucking unfriend me. Yeah. yeah, Tim Hagen's a great guy. I mean, seriously, you, you can't hate Tim Hagen. Uh, Dan, what Jared, I am OCD, of course. Jared, that's uh, uh, and by the way, Jared, I've got your bottle. I just got to get up to Indy to drop it off to you. Um, it's a uh, local uh, micro distillery in uh, Kentucky. Most of the distilleries, the craft distilleries in Kentucky, the micros are actually getting their what we call the juice uh, out of Indiana, and it's a pretty common thing. And all they're doing is aging it in different barrels. Uh, these guys are doing it the old school way. They've got their own stills. They they do everything there, and so um, it's good stuff. And this is in particular the premium, which means it's been aged extra long. Uh, it's all barrel strength, so this is 116 proof. So and, that's nice, uh, small batch, custom distillery. Yeah, and every barrel is different. Every single barrel, it's got a different flavor profile. You know, they don't blend anything. Um, it's good. So that's uh, what I prefer to drink. It's uh, reasonably priced. I think it's like 65, 70 bucks. The, the hard part is they don't distill or uh, distribute rather, uh, but in like four or five states because every stupid state has a stupid set of alcohol import yeah. laws that, and, and it's insane. I, I, I mean, I always knew it was dumb, but until you work with some people at a distillery and I'm also on, uh, they actually bought the original Old Crow distillery that was built in 1830s. Um, which is cool to think about this place was originally driven by steam, but, um, I'm on the preservation committee, uh, to try to keep the buildings from falling down. And, uh, until you get in depth and, and really see all the details behind it, it's like, wow, you know, there's some really jacked up laws out there. Um, right. and if and, libertarians and, were running the world, everybody everywhere would be able to buy this shit. Yeah. I mean, this is, and this is good bourbon at a good price. I mean, Everybody who's tried it, it's like, oh, that's really, really good. Uh, there's a YouTube channel that does uh, bourbon reviews. They had rave reviews for it. It's great stuff and a very reasonable price. And uh, good luck getting it unless you live in like one of four or five states. Right. Now, if we really wanted it, we could like maybe coordinate with you and Google pay you some money and have you ship us a bottle. There's some weird thing about all that, and I don't remember exactly the rules um, about shipping. I, I started to look into them um, and then decided it was easier just to drive to Indianapolis to get Jared his bottle than to, uh, cause I'm only two and a half hours. I'm only two and a half hours each way from Indy. And I, I, there's a winery, I drive everywhere. There's a winery in Hilo, Hawaii that has a tea mead, right? Um, so it's a mead and the bees are pollinating tea plants. Um, not Hawaiian tea, but like, uh, I like drinking a cup of tea tea. Um, and so the mead tastes like this tea. And it's amazing, super, super wow. good. Um, but you can buy a bottle there and then ship a bottle back, but two bottles yeah. is your limit. Yeah, they, they should be able to ship because uh, beer and, and wine is under a different uh, right. set of restrictions. It's not liquor. Yeah, and, and that's the real issue. I mean, heck, even in Ohio, uh, which you know I live in northern Kentucky right by Ohio, um, you can't even get the good stuff over there because they've got a cap on the max alcohol, and it's a stupid control state, which means it's all stole, sold through state liquor stores. Well, and like Which, in Texas, I don't know if Texas has changed or not since the last time I looked. Texas used to have dry counties. Anybody watching in Texas, let me know if you don't anymore. But it literally, still do. You, you cross the street and being in possession is a thing. Um, and oh. cross back across the street and you can drink. So that county line, depending on where the county is, yeah, you could have some real trouble. 
we have that in Kentucky. Uh, there's all kinds of liquor stores. Uh, every version Corbin, of Corbin's like that. Yeah. Every every variation you can come up with of a name that's like County Line Liquor is a store in Kentucky somewhere because it, it is literally and they're always right on the border, right on the Who border. Who is it, libertarian, Jared? Hey, look in Oklahoma, we have to drive into Missouri for porn. What? It is illegal in Oklahoma to purchase or distribute or upload any pornographic images of any kind that show kind oh of <laughs> That's okay. the craziest shit I've ever heard. You can't even download it. I mean, Talk people about a do, state. but people well, do. Well, right, but I mean, Jesus busted, Christ. Yeah, you, can't, you can't legally download it. I mean, like if Vice wanted to be real dicks here, there'd be a whole lot more Oklahomans going to jail. And since right now we lead the world, the fucking world in incarceration of women per capita, and we're number two in incarceration of men per capita, I'm kind of hoping Vice doesn't decide to crack down on illegal porn because it would be really, really bad. I mean, you know, the, 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 that brings up a big thing. You know, I'm an IT guy by trade. And one of the cool things about technology is that it's kind of overcoming all these stupid laws. Like, in the past, like let's say the 80s, right? You would have literally had to drive out of state to get porn. Yeah. Like, that's not, you, there's no internet. That's what you got to do. Physically yep. pick it up. Yeah, yeah, you would have to go physically <laughs> drive to another state. I mean, state. Unless all and you're now looking we got the, the centerfold, you're good. But I mean, now thanks to Pornhub, people are a little bit freer. And this is part of the reason that libertarians fight against government regulation of the internet, right? The internet is meant to be this place where we can have these free exchanges and we're, um, where things like this can happen. It's about freedom. It is. And, and you know, the other side of it, uh, other technology advances, getting around government regulations, obviously 3D printers, um, mm -hmm. getting around things you're not allowed to buy. Okay, cool. I'll just make it. Oh, you gonna do about well, it. you guys remember the Anti-Human Trafficking Act that they tried to pass a couple years back? No. Like, you read the title, Anti-Human Trafficking Act. That sounds like a good thing, right? Like something right. everybody yeah. wants to support. Well, one of the parts of that, one of the little hidden parts of that is that um, electronic manufacturers, so people who are manufacturing televisions and laptops and all the, that good stuff, they would have to include a chip that automatically disables viewing of pornography. And the only way to get around it is as a consumer, you um, have to input all of your information, right? Your name, your address, your age, your proof of age, which was probably going to be a credit card number, right? All of this shit. And then the government would know who is watching porn. And who is That sounds a lot like a UK TV license. Right? Doesn't that, that sound like a, like a great bullshit. way to end trafficking? Like, what and the that's, fuck? And, and I guarantee that's where that would have went had that gone through. That That's always yeah. the way government does it, right? They get their foot in the door and they expand it. And it's going to be, oh, now it's, you know, some license, some... Yeah, I, I didn't even know about that until a few years ago about the UK TV licenses. I'm like, what? You have to buy a license to watch TV? Yeah, Good Lord, if we didn't rebel from the UK in the 1700s, we'd be sure as hell doing it now. Oh, it'd be ugly right That's now. Stupid. Because Pretty what would nice. we do without our our unlicensed tiger? Uh oh, case? and my headset's crashed. Oh no! I it's mean, all really, good. What would we do? <coughs> well, we'd yeah, take them pretty easily. My headset like, likes to crash. The, can you hear us now? And now yeah, I can hear. Okay, there, there we go. go. No, it's uh, unfortunately the Bluetooth on this laptop since I upgraded it likes to flake out on me randomly. I haven't rebooted in the last few days. So, so Ken, you're running for vice chair. What yes. do you think is um, 
kind of the most difficult part of of those types of campaigns, inter-party campaigns? Um, I think the main thing is, uh, you know, in the past, uh, there was not really an expectation to show up at all these conventions. It was just kind of like, oh, when we were a smaller party, right? It was everybody kind of knew each other. Um, you just went to this national convention, you handed out some flyers, you made a pitch, and that was that. Um, so I think the main thing that's changed over the years now is is more of the candidates going to state conventions. Um, I've got, you know, like $2,000 in flight credits from all the stuff I had to cancel because of COVID, um, which, by the way, I'm going to try to get to Oklahoma. Come on. I'm trying. I, I got to figure out how to cash in all these flight credits now. That's the new <laughs> trick. I, I've got them all printed out right here. It's like, oh, look, flight canceled. I mean, what do you so, think it would be less... We're going to flash forward, hypothetical, ooh, yeah. magic happens, um, conventions done, you're the vice chair, um, considering the current situation, the current climate um, within the party. Um, here here comes all the inside baseball for all you people who aren't party members yet, but who really want to be because you love us and you dig the shit we're saying, right? Um, what's the biggest challenge you think? What's your number one biggest challenge going into day one? Um, going into that first LNC meeting, considering um, like the current tensions. I think the main thing is, you know, everybody in the party wants the party to move forward. And a lot of the disagreement ends up being about how we move forward. Mm -hmm. And if we could get some consensus and, and at least start in the areas of consensus. I, I, I've always, when I was state chair of Kentucky, that was one of the things I always tried to do was start from the areas of consensus so that we don't waste everybody's time arguing over the things that we disagree on. Let's get the things done that we agree on first. And if we could prioritize that and say, hey, everybody basically agrees we need to do X. Well, let's do X and let's get that off the plate. Okay, how's everybody feel about Y? And, and we just did this uh, last year in Kentucky's Rules Committee. Uh, the way we kind of did this, uh, our Rules Committee in Kentucky, I was a member of that. And anything that had an objection, we immediately put on the table. We just walked through all the pr proposals, anything that had an objection, we put on the table and set it aside. And then we went through all the stuff that had agreement, got that all knocked out. And then we went back to the stuff with, with uh, uh, objections. I mean, yeah. that's great in rules, but on the LNC, I don't know how that would necessarily work because so much stuff is time sensitive. You can't do everything when you're not going to meet for a month or a week or three months. Right. Um, so that's part of the, the issue there. So um, and I agree with that. I mean, I'm a big fan, and I'm pulling one out here because I have one here. Hey, handy. Jess. Hey, Jess. Uh, hey. Jessica Mears. She's my buddy. I've known Jess since she was a UK Bearcat Libertarian in 2008, I think it was, Jess, maybe 2009. Um, she was in University of Cincinnati. She's awesome people. I mean, monthly e-meetings would be great, John, but like we talked about that this cycle, and a lot of people's response was, this is not, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah, I mean, so I think, they think that's too frequent? Like, how well, often do you guys? Some of them do. We meet quarterly. Um, so I think, like, do you feel like as a chair candidate um, or as a vice chair candidate, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that it would be beneficial I see, I would like to see our chair candidates and our vice chair candidates as they're running say, this is my vision for the next cycle and spell that shit out. Don't leave us guessing because I feel like a lot of the problems that we're seeing right now <laughs> are because we had a chair who had a vision that maybe a lot of other people didn't share. Right. Right. 
Um, yeah. And if we had that been communicated ahead of time, things would maybe be a little smoother. And what about also a mission statement for each LNC? Each LNC at that first meeting or the second meeting coming together and saying, okay, this is our mission statement. This is what we've decided the mission is going to be for the next cycle. And that way you can kind of limit some of that and it's not everything in the world coming at you at once. Or, or maybe uh, maybe at that last meeting of the year, every year, what right. is our mission next year? Well, uh, I, right. I, think so I think you're going to get pushback there. People are going to say, we don't want to set the mission for, or the mission or the vision for the next LNC that may not be us. Because typically in the last couple of months, fair. the LNC doesn't get much accomplished because of that. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, let's be real, you know. Thank you, Jared. I've been trying to push it all cycle. I would be love to have some more support. We, we, we don't, we haven't had, you know, and to be fair, I've, I've tuned out the LNC list a little bit here and there just because at times it gets a little overwhelming and I'm not on the LNC right now. So I don't, right. I'm not, um, let me answer real quick. Michelle, we don't need to amend the bylaws to allow the option for electronic meetings. The, the option exists for the LNC and for committees. What it does not exist for is for the assembly. Right. right. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be less of a problem if you know we hadn't debated putting electronic conventions into place, like three Since conventions. Since two thousand eight, and it, it's been shot down every time. And overwhelmingly, yeah, it didn't even hit majority, right. much less the two thirds it needs to pass. So, I am hopeful that that with the what's happened now, that maybe we'll get some sort of emergency clause, because there's always a chance this thing could still be around in twenty twenty two. God forbid. The next, you know, the next LNC. So like next we did used to have um, special convention provisions, but they they wouldn't have necessarily applied in this situation. We took right. them out because they'd never been used. Yeah, they had never been used, and I remember that that discussion. And I am one person that that says, "Hey, unless it's absolutely critical, you know, some sort of critical thing, if it's just a a, a stub of a bylaw, you know, pull it because it's just taking up space and cluttering things up." But in hindsight now, of course, in pandemic world, maybe that's uh, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Maybe we needed that. But uh, to go back to your original question, Aaron, you know, I'm a big person about creating priorities. I like to see and I've got here, you know, my to do lists. I've got a couple of old ones here um, that I just create to do lists when there's too many things. If it's more than two or three things, I create a to do list in that way. Um, and then I prioritize that list and, and that way it gives me the ability to function. And I understand that as a committee, right, we'd have to vote on that prioritization. Um, something I talked to Richard about uh, a while back is even with the budgeting, right? Because right now we set these budgets, but the money's not necessarily there at the time the budget is the set. Money right? is the money is really there. And I think most people don't understand what our budgets look like. So let's yeah. say for, for a typical organization there's um you know project x and the board votes to fund project x to the tune of ten thousand dollars and then you'll get your report and it looks like project x has cost ten thousand dollars the problem with our budget is so there's the project x line right and then there's a publications line and then there's an outreach line and then there's an affiliate support line and there may be part of project x showing in each one of those lines too. Right. You really have to dig and do your homework to be able to see what the actual cost of something was and to yes. be able to see where the money came from. Yeah, and, and you know, I can't say I'm the best person at doing the budget. Um, I, I never claim to do that. Um, but I do think that that accounting for 
And, and to be fair, the office has been doing a little bit better of a job of when a particular contractor or staff member is working on a special project, they are tra tracking that time against that project. Right. I think that that's so here's a statement, Ken, that maybe you can speak to, because I think yeah. a lot of people, especially people who are new to the party, people who don't understand um, the history, they should probably share this feeling. And I'd like you to explain to this individual why maybe the thing he thinks is important, he doesn't necessarily see happening. He says the party should be focused on helping candidates run campaigns. Yeah. So you want to speak to the structure and why Boy. we don't necessarily see that that way? Yeah. I mean, here's the, here's the issue with that. There's so much more behind that, right? Mm -hmm. Define helping a candidate. So in 2006, my I got active in the party in 2006. I joined in 98. I saw Harry Brown in 99 and was definitely hooked. I'm like, this is my party. This is my home. And I literally heard nothing from the party again until February of 2006 when I got an email from my state chair saying, hey, who wants to run for Congress? Come to Louisville. And uh, another person and I both showed up from our congressional district. He became the candidate. I became the campaign manager. Um, and as the campaign started, we said, well, do you have a list of donors? No. Mm -hmm. Do you have a list of supporters? No. Media list? Do you have a voter list? No. No voter list, even. I'm like, guys, what the hell? Like, you've asked us to run for office. We're running a really good campaign. And, and by the way, he was the first candidate to break what we used to call the Libertarian 2, which is when in a three-way race, the Libertarian would always just get 2%. Um, had a really good debate performance. We did lots of debate prep. We did um, our main campaign strategy since we had a whopping $750 for the campaign um, was we spent that on gas right. to do what we called bar storming, where we went to every single bar in the district and had a beer and that talked to people in the bar. So look, and part of it is is when you're talking about even what, Car what Cara is already doing and funding local candidates, we have sometimes right around a thousand local candidates what we do not have is the budget to fund every one of them and we learned the hard way at one point the lnc did fund to the tune of ten thousand dollars a candidate in a state um who turned around and voted for a taxpayer funded sports arena oh that was forty thousand dollars aaron forty thousand yeah okay 40. so so there is some criteria there um the other thing is is not every state is an fec filer which means that the party can't send that money down there. That would be an FEC violation. Um, there are numerous problems. So I get it. I get it when membership sees this and membership says, why aren't we doing this? It is way bigger and way more complicated and each specific race brings its own specific challenges. Um, and, and Aaron, that does speak to kind of where my difference with Richard is, right? And it's not that big of a difference. And just so everybody knows, Richard, again, he's my competition. He's not my opponent. He's not my enemy. Um, the, the main difference is that having been active for 14 years, the thing we lack is ground troops. Right. Because you can make up for a lack of funds with volunteers, with people, with people willing to go out and knock doors. Knocking doors is actually the most effective way to campaign. Yep. And there are some tactics, some advanced tactics on door-to-door -door that can be done if you have the volunteers to do it. Holes in the souls, people. I mean, if you don't have the volunteers... That, 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 that race in 2006, right? All we wanted to really know was when the county fairs were and when the best day at the county fair was. Look, here's the reality within the park. 
And and here's where I'm gonna get really, really brutal with some of you. you know, like when you talk about me coming up with your brutalism, I'm gonna share some of that. Even when we are willing to pay, libertarians are not willing to stand up and do the work. That is fucking fact. Not enough of them. Not the enough of them. Your project is hurting for paid canvassers right now. It's there. Um, and they are knocking doors in the Frontier Project. So yeah. it, this is happening, but we don't have people who can do it. Every time we need petitioners for a petition drive, even when we're paying, it's a struggle to get it. And we end up having to reach to paid professional petitioners who charge a lot more and who don't have the party loyalties that all of you watching do. And they certainly won't have the passion to talk to people about the they whatever don't. they're trying to get signed if that's the case. That's just shitty. It's All just right. that, right? Like I watched Justin Nana bust his ass in Ohio. There were uh, uh, there were a handful of other people busting their ass in Ohio. Ohio really needed help. They were looking for bodies. They were paying and they couldn't find people willing to do the work. And that's a problem. And a lot of this other stuff you guys want would be awesome. I think most people on the ONC, most people running for office want those. The thing that it takes is volunteer, um, volunteer, a volunteer base who is willing. Yeah, see, Joe collected... 1,255 verified petitions. Um, yes. People are willing to do that, right? We need more people willing to do that, and we need more money. We do. That's what it takes. Nice. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the – the. there's three main pieces – well, three or four main pieces to a campaign. First of all, you have to have a candidate who is articulate and has uh, good charisma, mm -hmm. right, which is why I'm not a good candidate right off the bat. Number two, you have to have uh, a good message at the right time because you can't be talking about things like right now. If, if our candidates are talking about anything other than either coronavirus or criminal justice reform, what are you doing, man? Right, like, because nobody's going to hear you. No, that you have to. We yeah, are not to big enough. To, topical. Yeah, we're not big enough to set the tone. We ride the wave. And so you need to be out there with libertarian messaging on these important issues. And they are important issues. So, so be on there and talk about, well, if libertarians were in charge, if I was in office, this is what we would have done. This is what I would have done. That, that kind of messaging it, it, at the right place, right time. Um, and then the last part is having the resources, right, which is volunteers right. and money. Right. And you need both. But, you know, it's one of those things. Institutional knowledge. Institutional knowledge is really, really important. Get on Elpedia. Read the party history. Yes. It's important. Yeah, no. That was uh, that was one of when my. Uh, says to you, what did you think, Dre? Um, Andre Andre Maru was a libertarian candidate. What did you like him? Do you know? I don't know Andre Maru. I know, I know where Erie ran because it rhymes. Right. Um, and and so uh, Andre Maru, for those that don't know, was a state legislator elected libertarian in Alaska. Yep. As a, as a, he was elected in the state legislator at legislature <laughs> as a libertarian. Uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, he ran uh, for our nomination and got our nomination was our candidate in 1992. So that's Andre Maru in 92. It's easy nice. to remember. So, um, but no, I mean, that. look, if you have the people and you've got a good message, you don't even need that much money. Hey, right? Argentina, thanks for watching in Argentina. Hello nice. from so far away. Thank you for yeah, tuning so in. Like, you just, the other thing is, is if you're going to run, build a team. If you're not going to build a team, you're going to falter and you're not going to do well. Build a team, build a team, build a team. And I'm working right now with a candidate um, who you may or may not have mentioned a little earlier. 
um, who is uh, uh, already starting to plan for next year. He's getting his race spun up. He's asked that, you know, um, that I'd not get involved in any races except for his because he knows how I am. I tend to overcommit a little bit. Um, it we happens. The libertarian, that, that's the downside of the Libertarian Party. Right? you got to so, wear like, a lot of hats and a lot of right. help. It, it is. Well, the problem is we, we, we shouldn't have to wear a lot of hats. We need more willing bodies so that we don't have to wear. So that's the hats. problem. We need, more we need bodies, better so training we... available for those willing bodies. And that's exactly it. That's why, uh, Aaron, you know, I've been a champion for the, the training package at the national mm -hmm. convention. I really want to get people trained on how to do grassroots politics because we need more bodies. We need more volunteers. The more people we have, the less work that is on everybody. Right. It, it's just, it's the whole many hands make light work thing. It, it absolutely is true. And if we could just get, more people in the door um i would very much like to have um, you know many more people so that i have more time to play mario with my seven-year-old rather than you know playing um with the libertarian party uh, in my various hats that i still have i think six hats right now oh boy. um yeah so i mean that's, i think it's that's too many man well and Ever you know just, just before this podcast our mail server was getting attacked so i had to go take care right. of that Oh you know, God. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. It's just, it's everything all the time. It doesn't yeah. stop. No, um, it really. And and that's part of the the thing that leads to volunteer burnout for us. We suffer a whole lot of of volunteer burnout. Um, I know, like, Mom and Max walk watching. Um, we have both witnessed each other suffering from volunteer burnout. It will happen. Uh, we need more people. We do. We need more bodies. Um, but we also need more people who are willing. To come in and learn and it seems like with candidates ken and what i get a lot is hey i'm brand new to the party i i joined last week i want to run for governor yes oh and i'm gonna win and i need you to give me forty thousand dollars to do it that's adorable look how good i look in this suit that is every, fucking adorable every two or four years taxation is stuck it happens all the time people you got to get realistic please 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 be realistic so um, i get I did candidate training up in Ohio. Um, actually, that was while the Florida convention was going on. I committed to Ohio to do that. So I skipped the Florida convention, even though it hurt me in my race to do that. But I made a commitment to Ohio. And so I went up and did it. And um, that was the main thing was you had a bunch of people running for Congress, all really good people. And I'm like, look, guys, your chances of winning Congress are, are really bad. Like, it's not good especially right now and especially that you don't have millions of dollars and you're not going to have millions of dollars right but, but there's things you can do if you're running for those offices first of all be a good representative of the party help your down ticket and secondly also focus on a, a down ticket area so a race a down ticket race focus on a particular area that you qualify to run for a lower seat so that next time you've built that name id step down a notch for the next race and win that race right and that's legitimate strategy and it does work. And even the D's and the R's do that. Right. So, Look, you know, when we talk about building a bench. We're talking about a long game strategy. When we say build yeah. a bench, yes, eventually we need that event, that bench of state representatives. We need that bench of federal representatives. Building the bench is like building a house, right? You got to start at the ground up. You start yes. at the foundation. So what we need first are city councilmen and mayors and school board members, right? That's yeah. what we need first. And in every state across this country, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those races have either no candidate or one candidate every single cycle 
Yeah. No, Kentucky, we have we hold four seats that no one ran for. And we hold um, we one of our uh, members is a uh, mayor of a small town. Uh, we've got we, we've got a handful of electeds uh, in Kentucky alone. And, and I think and we're seeing more of that, you know, that you mentioned Kara before or somebody in the comments mentioned yeah. Kara. Um, you know, that's that's the Kara moment, right? Go out, do the work, have a good message, and win a local race. And especially, and really, Joe, it's it's saying that volunteers should do less and focus on campaigns. Campaigns are about a whole lot more than campaigns. If nobody in that community, if nobody in that county has ever seen a libertarian outreach booth, it does not matter how good your campaign is; they're not winning. Doesn't yeah. matter how good your candidate is; they're not winning. Not without enormous amounts of money. You have got to affect the culture if you want to build a foundation for candidates. You've got to do the groundwork. You can't skip it. There are no shortcuts. And county fairs are my favorite thing to do. I love doing outreach. That's my Be favorite to raid, thing. people. Your county party, even if it's four of you, put on your county party t-shirts, even if you have to use fabric paint to make them, and walk in that damn parade. Yeah. That's what you do. Volunteer at the soup kitchen. Wear your shirts and volunteer at Ronald McDonald House. Start affecting culture. Start touching hearts. That's how you end up winning. You got to do the work. There are no shortcuts. Our political party was founded originally, and not to say that we have to be married to the foundation, but the foundation was to shift the narrative. Right. Not necessarily to win, but to shift the narrative. And so, you know, there, I, I believe that that's not incongruent with winning. I think we have to shift the narrative to win. Right. You do. And yeah. So, so we, that's step one is we have to shift the narrative. There have to be people. And, and you know, in my area, I've got a, a number of elected officials that I talk to regularly um, that are, you know, that at least sympathize with the Libertarian uh, Party and our, our platform and our ideals. Um, and that just goes to being out, doing outreach, being friendly, telling them, hey, you know, have you thought about this? Because, boy, the, you guys, the, you know, the government's really screwing this thing up. Or, you know, people could just do this. You don't need the government to do it. And Yeah, like protest is great. Outreach is great. Lobbying libertarians, get off your asses, please, and lobby. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't want to lobby. Um, lobbying is vital. You've got to be at the Capitol. You've got That's to be good. in the offices of these representatives talking to them not once a year but weekly yeah yeah that's yeah that's where it is you know getting legislation and things to move forward is how we shift things and i think that's where we can be most uh effective. you know if you've got initiative referendum in your state you should be using it if you're not you're dropping the ball we can't we can't lose the broader uh goal here right our broader <laughs> goal is increasing individual human liberty that's right. our goal at the end of the day, the party is a vehicle to that, right? Mm -hmm. But it isn't the answer to that. Because at the end of the day, we need people to understand they are better off when they have choices. They are better off when they're allowed to make bad choices. Because bad choices, you learn from bad choices. Um, you know, and, and this is going to sound like a weird thing, but just as a tangent, and I've been drinking. Haha. So, um, you know, Christianity. In the right place. I live in Kentucky. Christianity is kind of a thing here. Um, Christianity requires that people choose, right? You have to choose. If you take the choice away, if you're a Christian and you've taken all the bad choices away, how can anyone choose anything but the good choice? How are they actually making a choice? So that's something that I've talked to Christians about that, that helps them understand where I'm coming from, uh, that, and, and where it is congruent with their beliefs, right? That, 
if you take the choices away from people, they can't choose to be a Christian. If, if you if you take choices away from people, plus on top of it, there are choices that you would never make in your personal life that are not congruent with your lifestyle, your, what you need as an individual, right? But that, that doesn't mean that other people don't need that. Choice. Right, and you don't get to decide for them. A great example, because Kentucky still doesn't have it, is medical marijuana. You know, we, we, we see that there are people that could benefit from having medical marijuana. Yet, it's illegal in this state, and if you want to have it, you either have to break the law, or, well, I guess you technically break the law to go to Ohio to get it, too. Yeah. But you got to break the law. And it's like, your alternative is, oh, here's some opioid painkillers. And, you know, that might be good for some people, but, you know, I have a few friends that really, really don't like opioids and are prescribed opioids and they, they take them begrudgingly for pain. But, you know, they found that, and interestingly, there were some studies on this, um, that, you know, a very, very low dose of opioid, basically the leftovers of the last dose, combined with a cannabinoid, marijuana, uh, actually uh, has the same pain relieving effect. I mean, that's like the works. Try overdosing on this shit. Like, yeah. right? Good luck. Good yeah. fucking luck. And accidental overdose, overdoses it's, kill thousands of people every day. Thousands of opioids. Of, of opioids, oh, yeah. of heroin, of alcohol. Of and those also come with their own it. set of bullshit side effects. You know, I had, I broke my elbow several years ago and I was, you know, had to have surgery. I was home on part or uh, short term disability for like five weeks. I, was so depressed after that. Yeah, plus you can't sit. You can't do anything. I couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't think straight. Like it's just yeah. not a fun time. Yeah. Like I only took them because I was in so much agony after surgery. But the minute I could stop taking them, I yeah. did. Yeah, it's actually entertaining. We have one of our older members in Kentucky who, while he was down in New Orleans, um actually tried using marijuana medicinally for the first time. Not that I think it was legal, but whatever. Um, and he was at the convention and he's like, look, I'm on these pills. I hate them. I feel like I'm in a fog. It's like a walking dream, but not a very good one. Um, and I'd really figure that since I'm here, I'd like to try something different. And so I was like, oh, well, you just need to go talk to this person. And I sent him over to that person and that happened and it worked. And uh, this is a guy who had been in an industrial accident 25 years ago now and has trouble. It's painful to sit, actually, because mm -hmm. um, he got caught in a machine. Anyway, long story short, he was able to sit all the way home on the car ride from New Orleans to the northern Kentucky, the Cincinnati area, um, with no pain. Yeah, like that's an amazing that. thing. Right? We and all want people to be pain-free as much as possible. Yeah, and, and, and to keep that away from people is immoral. It's just inhumane and immoral. It so can we've got we've got just a little bit left, and I hate shit uh -oh. because I feel like we're in a big groove. But I know, <laughs> Aaron, I can go on anything. Like, dude, we're surrounded <laughs> by controversy right now, right? Um, like everywhere you look, there's a new controversy, there's a new conspiracy theory. Um, what are your thoughts on the current environment? I think there's two or three different things in in play. Number one is bad communication uh, between certain people. That's being driven by a couple of other factors. Uh, number two is you see certain groups uh, leveraging what power and control they have over a set of delegates with messaging um, to uh, sway people to one side or another. 
to it, it's it's almost borderline fraud at times, which pisses me off because once when I got involved in the party, we used to talk about the use of force and fraud. Well, then now our, our affirmation still says force, fraud, or coercion. Yeah, well, so they the talk about the use of fraud has kind of dropped off from the national conversation. Mm -hmm. I talked to some of my old friends in LP Ohio from back in the early days when I got involved. Um, and, and I pointed out, you know, we never talk about the fraud issue anymore. But when you're when you're telling people that the COC has no plan for online participation, that we're not even trying, that's just a damn lie. Well, the chair has said it's that and indicated lie. that at least. No, it, and it's it's a lie. We we have we have been working. You know, I tried on the first sitting to help them, and but they were already going down a path, and I didn't want to interfere. Right? I wasn't trying to break anything. I just said, hey, have you considered this? Have you considered this? And they were already like, yeah, but we're going to go forward with what we've got because it's what we were already down the path. Cool. But to say that we haven't been working on it since, we have. And, and we've we've got several different options. We're working on that. And, and we're going to let the delegates decide. I mean, I can't dictate that. Aaron, you can't dictate that. Nobody on the COC, the LNC, the chair, no one can dictate what the delegates can do. And so it's going to be up to the delegates to decide what we do. All I can do is help get the technology ready to do it, whatever they decide. And that's what I'm working on. But but it's so happening. a whole lot of like you hear one one thing from one person, one thing from something somebody else. Um, some people are laying really low and not speaking at all, but working kind of behind the scenes. Right. Um, you know, like what do people need to know? What's the real deal? What's can I ask about a rumor about? I heard about? Sure. So I heard um, Joe Bishop Henchman uh, offered the current chair a job if he got the chair spot in this next election at in Orlando. Is that true? Do you know if that's true? So what I can tell you on that is that at least one party in that conversation made it pretty clear to me and to others and there is evidence of this. I only heard it from the person um, that at least one party believed that to be the case. So, wow. and, and there is a screenshot. There is, there is evidence. Um, and I don't have it, but you know, you just have to take my word for it. And that's why I know people are going to poo poo it and whatever. I don't lie. I don't care. It's nothing's worth giving up my personal integrity. So, right. Um, no, I, it, there's definitely one side of that conversation. Definitely believe that was the case. So, like a lot of people, a lot of people are. Communication. Saying, oh. To be clear, communications was was the thing. Just because there's been other things alleged about executive director and all those things. The only thing was communications. So, like a lot of our members are concerned about the pandemic. A lot of our members are concerned about the virus. For many of them, that has absolutely been the motivating factor for them um, behind asking for for online inclusion, right? Um, but has that been the factor for everybody who says it's the factor? Or has there been a different reason that you've seen expressed, that you've heard people talk about, people in leadership, people in, in higher positions? Yeah, and there's also evidence of this that I do not possess, um, but I've been told by multiple sources um, people that I don't think would lie about such a thing, um, that in particular one caucus was running around telling people that we had to do this online convention or else the Mises caucus was going to take over. I heard oh, that from high, out loud. I heard it from high-ranking staff. 
I've heard it from LNC members. I have um, also heard that from several people. Yes. And, and so that actually, you know, one of the reasons I think the COC has kind of been on fire for the last couple of three months is that kind of stuff. Cause we don't play those games. We do That's not, not play those games. No, our goal is we, we have bylaws. We live by the bylaws. We put those, that convention together and it's up to the delegates and we're not going to jack around with the rules because it's not right. And I'm sorry that there's a virus and I'm sorry that there are people that are not well. And I'm sorry that some people are older. One thing I have learned through this process is we need to take better care of ourselves as libertarians. My God, we're not. We We suck. (laughs) Seriously, we suck at it. We need to do a better job. Look, whether a lot of people, I'm not an exception by the way. This lockdown, I gained 20 damn pounds during this lockdown. I lost, I lost two years of dieting in two months. So I think a lot of people don't realize, like, yes, a political party's job is to run candidates for office and get them elected. But yep. the only bylaws mandated function that this party must do is that convention. It's yep. the only function the bylaws require us to do. And the reason is, and it's extremely important to understand why, <coughs> our members are our organization. The only time our members get a say in the direction of this organization is at the biannual convention, right? That's the only time they have direct influence on who leads and where things go. And especially since we did pull out the special convention piece, not that it was ever used, that's why it was pulled, but at least when you have a special convention provision, if things go completely off the rails, members can go, hey, what the hell is going on here? We're calling a special convention. We're going to fix this, right? We're going to fix the judicial committee problem. Yeah. To be fair, I'm not sure that we... I don't know how... A lot of people don't think we need a judicial committee, but I have seen a whole lot of of evidence this cycle um, that, that says contrary to me. Yeah, I, I think that given, I think the size, watching. given the size of our conventions, though, I don't know how easy it would be to throw a special convention together either, right? I mean, uh, look, nobody said it's easy. This one isn't easy. They're, they're no. never easy. They take two years, um, yeah. but it could be done, right? It could be. It could be. And it's it's just one of those things that's, look, I'm, I am a radical minarchist. Um, I believe in a series of checks and balances. And if you take the, the checks away, things get unbalanced. And so I think it's extremely important that there are checks and balances in place. And and we definitely need to be talking about putting some of those in, whether that's, um, you know, putting something, putting the special conventions back or putting something else in. I'm up, I'm open to whatever. I'm not saying I have the answers and I'm not saying I know what the body would decide, but I, I do hope that the body would put something in to make sure that there are strong checks and balances and that is, by the way, the current controversy on the LNC is the checks and balances, right? Mm-hmm. Who has control of X? Who has control of Y? And, um, you know, our bylaws, in my opinion, are a little bit messy. Our policy manual is literally uh, good for putting you to sleep. It's extremely long. And it's horrible. The policy it's, manual is horrible. It I, is, I, is I, ambiguous in places. It, it contradicts itself in places. Um, we, we have so much, so many things that should be happening that didn't like the EPCC should not be three people. It should be five. They should act as an ombudsman for staff. We need an HR department. We need yes. an actual judicial committee. We, we need, need a whistleblower. Need no whistleblower whistleblower yeah, we need we that. don't have a whistleblower. No. It all needs to be fixed. And Joe, Holy Joe just shit. put in the comments, decentral, decentralize and simplify. Exactly. 
Yep. The reality is that it, you've got to get the power. <laughs> power should never be centralized in any one person's hands. It shouldn't be centralized in any one group's hands, as we see from communist countries. You know, it needs to be the power needs to be at the local levels. And in Kentucky, we built a system that is the, the, the state party goes down to district parties, congressional district parties down to counties. And the chair of each of those sits on the next county up and all the real power and actually our dues get distributed. The majority of that goes down to the county parties because that's where the action happens. That's where things need to be focused. I've been strongly in favor of empowering. And my, my real vision is National's goal should be to help the county parties win, to help them no, grow. I like I, we're ground up. All these, the, the local parties should be driving, precinct parties should drive their county party, should drive yep. regional parties, should drive their state parties, should drive their regional parties, should yep. drive the LNC, right? Yes. I'm really fortunate in region seven, our region members are happy to communicate. They are happy to have meetings. They interact in our group. Um, they give you feedback. They'll take your call. They'll spend hours on the phone with you if you really need to talk to them about stuff. They really will. And it makes it really easy to represent them because I don't have to guess. Yeah. And, and you know, since um, we're on the topic of other controversies, um, I, I should note that the staff told me about that back in March about needing to have that online convention. Uh, in March. There was. There was definitely stuff going on where people were trying to push a mosh, which I thought was a little not good. Um, we've had but March. We hadn't even canceled the Austin event yet in March. Yeah, I know. The phone call I got was a week after Corona, after the lockdown started. And it was part of a broader conversation, but it was basically, look, you know, Mises is going to win because they're young. I responded <coughs> back with, but they're broke. And this person said, no, that's uh, that doesn't matter. The, the, the older members of the party aren't going to come. And Here's Mises the reality, though. It, it is inappropriate, in my opinion, yep. right, for elected leadership or staff to try to pick winners and losers like that. That is not yep. our job. That job right. belongs to the body and to the delegates. So Agreed. who cares if the Mises wins? They ran a better campaign. Their people showed up. Like, what? What do you want? That's There's ways to win look, campaigns, and this is how you do it. That's the real concern. Yeah. And other caucuses need to work harder. Right? Yes. yes. And that's been all along. Look, there's so many other factors involved in all this, right? They, they, they ran this promotion to get people to do the uh, podcasting cross-promotion thing where podcasters would get a kickback for promoting using the link and all that stuff right now you ended up with like 2500 people that came across through the mises channel basically and now they're afraid of those people i'm like well damn it you were the ones that recruited them you built the program that recruited them you can't take their money and well, mises was created as a direct reaction to our chair well that, really? that's also true on the yeah mises yeah the mises topic <laughs> came about because of that but even still, it doesn't matter. Fast forwarding to just this past year and a half or so when they had this program in place, you can't just go out and get people to, to advertise, become a member, and, and know what, what they're about and where they're coming from, bringing those people in, and then intentionally do things to screw them over, which is what it looks like to me. I mean, it looks like there's been a lot of this you know, fear-mongering. I'm told that uh, uh, the Prague Caucus specifically sent people out to talk to various state chairs about this. And, you know, I, I have no time or patience for that kind of nonsense. Look, Aaron will tell you, I'm a very patient person. I try to get along with everybody, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm all about moving the party forward. 
But shenanigans and, and pulling crap in the back is 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 a cancer. It's a disease that will kill the party. It turns exactly. Into, that it is turns what this party the is not party. about. That's what the other two do, and we're supposed to be different. Exactly. Sorry, go ahead. But from my view, as a member of the Convention Oversight Committee, that is not my job. My job is to make sure that the body gets its meeting. That's yeah. my job. My job is not to pick winners and losers. My job is not to show favorites. That is not my job. I get pissed off anytime that gets suggested. Ken will tell you. Um, I want to try and accommodate every caucus, everybody who wants to have a meeting, everybody who wants to have a party, um, everybody who wants to speak and isn't going to charge me a kidney because I only have fucking two. Um, yeah, I want to accommodate as many people as we can. We can't always do it. Um, Listen, at the end of the day, I'm looking at in Kentucky, right? And the Mises caucus guys have been doing the work. They've built four county parties last year. Like that's amazing. they're doing the work. And so see, in Oklahoma, it's been outright and radical caucus. That's, that's cool. Really I, I don't care which caucus is doing it. I just am right? like, good job. Keep going. Keep doing right. it. Yeah. If you're right. doing work, good for you. I don't we care what your caucus name is. The boots on the ground. We have to have the boots on the ground. What we're having with this, this, this weird backroom dealing stuff. It's like a kindergarten version of the D's and R's. It's like, dumb and silly and it's like oh you're fighting over a, a budget that's like silly like you know mcconnell just blinks and it appears but that's our annual budget and that's what you're fighting over come on guys we have a we have a broader mission we got to push forward for individual human liberty not oh i you know and so you know i've told people and i'll tell you guys and i'll tell your listeners right now if i lose the vice chair race i don't care because it's not about a title right it's not about I need. I don't need this position. I've been on the LNC in the past. I've been on state party at multiple levels. I've been a statewide candidate. I've done all these things. I don't need this to validate myself. I need. Right. To, all I'm trying to do is grow the party. Right. And I think that I bring skills that that will help do that, uh, given my vast experience with the party. But I also think if Richard wins, the only thing I'm going to be sad about is if I get like totally blown out. Then I'll be like, really, nobody likes me that much. Wow. Oh. But but other than that, you know, if Richard wins, it's all good. Like, okay. Yeah. And I think Richard feels the Richard same moves way. To a better guy. Guys with actual libertarian principles. Like, They're are happy to lose though. to their opponent who has just as much good faith as they yeah. do. Well, I don't know that he would be happy. He's just saying he's not gonna be devastated, right? Like, right, right, right. He, you know, in some ways, Aaron, it'd be all right. You know, oh, no, I don't have to spend thousands of dollars to go to LNC meetings and argue for two days every quarter. You know, well, I mean, it's, I mean, there's actually well, people don't realize that, you know, when you're in it for the reasons not to have a title and to feel self-important, if you're actually in it for the cause, that, that this is a real investment. Like right. I, you spend thousands of dollars every yeah. year to go to a meeting to do Robert's rules of order training over and over again for two or three days. And it's, yeah, it's to, get, a lot of fun. to get talked down to, to be told that my vote doesn't matter because I'm only an alternate. I sure as fuck do. Yeah, no, I, I that's, and that is, see, that's, I would never do that. I, I'm one of the people that I, I like, I like feedback. I like to hear the other side of my position. I, I, I did high school debate. I was a debate coach when my daughter restarted the debate program at at, the, at my alma mater. Um, debate and discourse is extremely important because it's how we change hearts and minds. It's how we learn what is it that's really at the core of your concern. Oh, that's what you're worried about? 
Okay, well, look, what do we right. look? This is how that solves that. Oh, I didn't see it. And you actually can change people's minds. You can you can solve problems and, so and, look, and actually do good things. And it's I think the big insult in that comment for me was as an alternate, right? So at the time I sat on the APRC, yeah. right, which is which, a nicer job, 24 but, hours. Let's tell let's tell everybody what that is for those that don't know. It is the uh um Oh shoot! What is it? Something uh, <laughs> publication review committee. I can't remember the A. What's the A? Um, shit! I'm not high enough. I don't remember either. The newsletter, social media, press releases, everything goes through that committee, and you, they, you're expected to approve or deny that within about an hour or two. Yep, you got to do it quick because things got to go out. It's timely. You have to constantly on top of that. And Whitney, Whitney Billy, who is the chair of that committee, God bless her. Um, I, I mean, it's a tough job, right? Then I'm on the convention oversight committee, which means two years of 20 to 30 hours a week of work. I sit on the audit committee, which thank God there are like real CPAs on that committee who have been willing to try and hold my hand and talk me through this, right? I asked for that appointment because I wanted to learn. It's been an amazing opportunity, but, but I think to... I bet it an advantage, right? Because of, of, of Julie and Rich that are on this committee um, who are kind and considerate and very willing to teach. I, I don't know that it would have been um, as fulfilling with a different committee. I don't know that it would have been, but I don't know that it would have been, right? Like alternates do a lot of committee work. How many committees has, yeah. has Dustin on? We just got a hashtag all alternate lives matter a minute ago. <laughs> on committees, these alternates do the committee work. They do teller work. They do the yeah. shit work of the LNC. No, and, and you know, I, when I, believe, I, was, I believe when it. I, when I was on the LNC, Aaron, I was an I was an alternate as well, and you know, I was on ballot access and IT, right? Which are the two biggest budget items that we have, right? Um, oh, I'm actually at support too. Oh yeah, nice. That's that's I, I do. If if I'm elected to the LNC, that's one that I hope to get on is is affiliate support, obviously, because that's kind of a passion. But we'll yeah, see. You know, nice. um, there's a candidate support committee. There's a youth engagement committee. There's a blockchain committee. There's convention voting process committee. There are a lot of committees. <laughs> there are a lot of committees, and and some are more active than others, and that's right. okay, right? Because some of them, like ballot access committee, I will tell you that was actually the the worst experience of of any committee for me. Um, hard fucking committee. That is a lot of fucking work on that committee. And it's a lot of responsibility. You're literally spending a million dollars of other people's money. Yeah, it's a big deal. You. They're relying on you to get the job done. It's a lot of dates to remember. It's ballot access laws in all 50 states that you're yeah. trying to keep track of. Sometimes yeah, in localities and municipalities that you're trying to keep track of. Yeah. Every early voting day, every filing deadline, every filing fee. And by the way, shout out, I'm pouring another glass here since we're still going. Shout out to Bob Johnston, the forgotten staffer. Oh, Bob is amazing. Bob is the guy oh, yeah. that keeps all that institutional knowledge on, on ballot access. Like when I have a ballot access question, I call Bob. Look, and guys, we have, know, amazing staff. we have staff that we don't deserve Yeah. for the Bob most part. He's also the chair of the Maryland Party. Longest serving chair right now, actually. Yeah, that would actually hard. This committee work is hard work. So Bob Johnson's a tremendous guy, and um, no, I, I, and that's something that you know, we have so many unsung heroes in the party. That's a that's another funny thing, you know, all the people that do the little things that people don't know about. Um, 
you know, Aaron, when, when we did the Oklahoma ballot access drive in 15, mm -hmm. uh, before I was even on the LNC, um, a guy had written us a tool here in Kentucky, Rob Perry, who's now running for Congress. Uh, he wrote us a tool to do validation faster and it's way faster. Like it was taking a minute and a half to two minutes to do a name okay. before. And now it takes 27 seconds on average. Yeah, to validate that's a signature. And, and that's um, we've got petitioners, our hardcore petitioners, um, people yeah. that show up and, and get the, the truly gathering the signatures and the rain people. Um, Paul Franco in Alabama has yes. done a million uh, petition gatherings, right? Like we've Absolutely. got a lot of people, whether you like them or not, whether you dig their personalities yeah. or not, these people bust their asses for this party every day. Yes. And it's really easy to sit and be like, I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he walks. I don't like whatever, but he's walking the walk. Yeah. Right. It like really work. Him, it's, it's the people doing the work. And, and yeah. so, you know, that's always been my thing is uh, if you don't like somebody, then you better be willing to do the job they're doing better than them. Yeah. Because I mean, be able to do it and do it better. Otherwise, zip it, Skippy. The I'm sick thing, of seeing criticism from people who don't do anything. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you the other part of it, 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 going back to how I would change things on the LNC, at least from my perspective, um, I, I treat this like a job, right? I've always treated it like an employer, even though I have never been paid. I was officially staff for like six months or something. But I never got paid, but I've always treated it like a job. And, you know, when you have a job, you have coworkers, you have somewhat of a management structure um, and you act professionally. Right. And I've always tried to be professional about how I interact with staff uh, and, and how I interact with other LNC members, um, the people in the LNC. And, and, you know, I do from time to time. I'm not perfect. You catch me at a bad time and you put something stupid up. I might make fun of you, um, you know, on Facebook. It's just it's just. Sometimes I've had a really rough day and I slip and I try not to. It You're happens. human? Oh my well, God, no. Look, everybody has a breaking point, right? There yeah. are some people that just push you to your breaking point faster than others, right? I'm sure for some people, I'm that person. I get it, right? Like Hide them, has, block them. Yeah. Have a better mental health day. Yeah, and I will tell you that's one thing. Social media, I'm really Ugh. starting to hate it. I mean, I'm really, I really have hated it. My wife actually quit. She's out. She's done. Um, and, you know, I, I'm feeling like it might be the same for me. You know, we, we moved. We used to do meetup and all that stuff back in the old Ron Paul days. And, and when, when I got involved in the party and tried to spin things up, we were, you know, pulling from the Ron Paul groups. Uh, so we were on meetup and then meetup started jacking up the prices. Facebook came along. It was free. And it was like, oh, yeah, well, it's free. Let's go over here. Well, now. Uh, Facebook to do what we do just to advertise a meeting, you have to pay to reach your own people. And that's stupid. And right. so, uh, you know, Facebook's not the right tool to build a party anymore. It's just not. Um, it never was. That was well, all illusion. It was illusion. Well, it, it might have been. Just like right now we're hearing, oh, are, are we in a recession? Has Trump put us in a recession? No, we're in a goddamn depression. And we've yeah. been there for about four years. And the only reason you don't feel it is because you pay for everything with plastic. Yeah. No, I. I mean, it's an illusion. Recession is an illusion. We is. are beyond recession right now. Well, it, it, what it really is, is we're in it. But we're like you said, we're, we're charging it. And we're charging it to a, a big credit card called the national debt. Some point, uh, somebody's going to call and say, "Hey, you know, we'd like you to make a payment." I mean, right. I'm just Look, saying, if somebody's going to call that debt. 
there there are a whole lot of countries right now that if they called their debt, we would be fucked. Our only option would be go to war. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's literally what How we would How would we fund do. it? If we already owe them, we'd like, oh, my fiat. God. We fund it with fiat. Oh my God! And our soldiers with fiat. There's our dollars not backed on anything. I mean, this this six hundred dollars a week thing. There's no nothing. Well, this six hundred dollars a week thing. That's just made up money. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, go to the store, give monopoly money, and give it to your friends. It is literally worth as much as the U.S. dollar. My 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 favorite website, only because it makes me laugh. Because otherwise, I'd cry, and it's just kind of a break tension thing. Is the uh, brrr dot money site? So you go to burr dot money. And it's literally like this guy, and it's it's a very millennial thing, but it's this guy just the printing press spewing out money. And there's a slider, and you can make it go faster or slower. And the, there's music with it. Just cracks me up because you have to laugh about it because it's like yeah, this is insane. We're, we're just printing trillions of dollars this year. That's what we're going to do yeah. this year. I think Joe print? might be onto something. He says the LP should get its own private bank and print the fuck out of some money. You know, we should develop our <laughs> own uh, cryptocurrency. And we should start publicly start trading that, crypto. that cryptocurrency. We, we um, got to be careful. The Liberty Dollar guy got zinged. You got to right. be very, very careful. Be careful. Yeah, yeah, Randall and Randall Lord got zinged, if you remember, for Bitcoin um, yep. and served real time. All right, mm -hmm. folks, we need to wrap this up. Ken, I'm so glad you came on. Yes, well, and please tell people where they can find you and find no, out about and, you. And please check your mailboxes because if you're a delegate, I promise you, you got a postcard from Ken Molman. You did, and that postcard looks a whole lot like this. And uh, if you didn't get it, you know, you can just go to that website right there, km4vc.com, and uh, that will take that'll show you uh, basically my core vision for the party, my um, definitely my ridiculously stupid resume. Um, and I apologize in advance. You're going to get to page three and be like, I'm done with this. But just believe me, I've done a lot of stuff. Um, and you know you can. Uh, we should all help to have three page resumes. That's the other please. thing, guys. Ask for resumes from these people that are running for seats. Um, to get even to even get my spot on the COC originally when I wasn't an LNC member, I had to provide a resume and a cover letter and references. Yeah, and that's not a bad practice, by the way. I mean, just generally, right. it's one thing to talk a good game; it's another thing to have actually been in the trenches and done things for a while. And and. You know, I, I realize that it's funny. There's a breaking point at some point where you start going from I'm always happy to I'm really disgruntled. But, um, you know, I've kind of come through that and back. Yeah, I, I put my resume and posted my resume before I ran for my seat. It clearly needs to be updated um, since then. Thank you, Kim and Sarah, who helped me pull that together way back then and encouraged me to even run in the first place way back then. Like big love to you guys. And Good. probably neither one of them are watching, but I'll send them a link later. So but long story short, definitely know who you're voting for. If you have questions on that page, there's a link to my actual Facebook page. That is the best way to get a hold of me, at least right now. When that changes, it'll change on that website. The website has all the stuff. Um, and if it's down, that just means my internet's down at my house again because I got a it happens. got my server farm running here. I don't know if you guys can hear that in the background. If you can, I apologize. Nice. But the, uh, yeah, I'd I, built a, a backup server for all the national stuff because I couldn't get the budget approved to do the things. So I did it myself. So that's how, you know, we get it done. 
That's right. Yeah, that's a good way to get stuff done too. If there's a project that's near and dear to your heart that you want the OMC to look at, so. write it up like a business plan. Find the donations. If you can provide a business plan, a plan for it, and you have the funding, it's really easy to get it through. Yeah, the only thing I regret violate bylaws or principle or laws, right? My only regret is this LNC never actually saw the five-year plan that we built because the right. one before, I'm pretty sure we presented the five-year plan on the CRM project, um, yeah. and so I think they missed out on understanding what we were doing. But the um, no, it, it's definitely look. There, there are really good people, and you know, we've look right now is a really ugly time. And I made a post on uh, on my page today, and I'd like to close with this if that's all right, just because sure, yeah. There's lots of anger in various factions of the party right now. And in part, it's because of COVID, it's frustration. You know, there's there's a number of different factors, whatever the factors are. All these things get decided July 12th. July, tw July 12th is our convention. That's where disputes get resolved between delegates. That's the end of the convention. What's that? That's, that's, toward, that's the end of the convention. That right? is the end, and that, that is no. why it is resolved. No. That is the end. It is, it is finally resolved starting June, uh, July 8th and ending July 12th. July 12th, it's all solved. Right. And coming away from that, we have to stop fighting because that's the, the end. Like these current battles end that day. And we need to be focused on Joe Jorgensen, who is our candidate, who is an awesome yep. person. Who, by the way, lived in Kentucky for a while. And, 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 and also bourbon, by the way. Um and, and be focused on that. And if you don't want to be involved in that race, if you want to focus on something more local, I guarantee you there is a candidate somewhere in your state that is like, man, if only I had somebody to do X. Dude, go to your state party page. If reach only out to I had somebody to there, give me a little bit of you. direction. Yep. yep. A little help. bit of help. Go knock some a doors. Bit of help. And the door Share knocking. some stuff on social door media. Knocking. Door knocking is absolutely critical to Phone win. calls. Phone calls work. Door knocking's better. But, but it's COVID, so phone calls are great, too. Yeah, it just yeah. depends on what state you're in, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, I mean, Kentucky, we've had ridiculously few. So uh, the point is that um, please don't – yes, there you go. Knock all the doors. Absolutely. Right. If, if nothing else, please don't get too, so entrenched. Please don't make permanent enemies. If you're coming to Orlando, if you don't like me for some reason, come find me. We'll have a bourbon. And uh, depending on how many people don't like me in the next four weeks, that might be, I might be drunk the whole convention, but I mean, seriously, you know, I, I care about the party and I care about its members and I want to see us grow and we have to be able to get past these, these things that happen. So whether I'm a vice chair or not, I don't, whatever. Um, but I, if you're somebody who wants the party to grow and is willing to do some work, come find me because I can guarantee you, I can hook you up with somebody who is willing to use your labor. So yeah, uh, man. And look, if you're watching us on Twitch, send us those subscriptions. Like please. that works for us. If you're watching us on YouTube, find us on Facebook. You can donate there um, to our Patreon supporters. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you to people who are watching us everywhere. Thank you. Like us, share thank us. Thank you very much. We appreciate send us some money. Send us some love. Keep tuning in. Ken, thank you so much for joining us tonight. All good anytime, ladies. It uh, I love the show. I watch it all the time. So yeah, yeah. thank you. I, 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 I will see you is, in Orlando. I don't watch a lot of podcasts. This is one I try to catch pretty regularly. This and uh, Pat. Oh. I watch you guys and Pat. And look, it's when you're in Orlando, Pat come by the Drunk and Disorderly booth on Meteor Row and see Dre. Um, say hi. Get there. a sticker. Absolutely, we will do so in a socially distanced, safe way. 
whatever. I'm hugging everyone. Okay, that's fine. I'm I'm okay with it too. I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah, come on, Dre. Dre will sign your mask. She'll sign your hand. She'll sign your boobs if you want. Um, I'll sign whatever you want. Behind. You can After sign my boob. Boobs. I don't care. After 20 pounds gained in the last two months, I'm I'm redeveloping my moves. So you know, it's uh, there just, we go. So I'm going the other way. I'm losing weight. Oh, this is so depressing. I I, I will trade you. I'll trade. Okay. <laughs> so all anyway, right, guys. Thank you for tuning thank in. Have a great night. Love you guys next week. Have a good one. Good night.